We've been in this series called The Voice, and I'm going to mess you up. You all right with this? I'm going to mess you up, and I'm going to put a pause on it. Everybody pause. We're going to, and maybe we won't go back to it. Maybe there'll be something else that's going to, uh, that God's leading us into. But uh, today's going to be a one-off, all right? It's going to be a one-off message um, that I have titled, On Purpose. And this is going to be one of these messages where it's just going to be uh, me loving you through this season. Um, as I'm talking to people and comforting people, challenging people, this has been a theme that has come up a lot. And I feel like God's saying, hey, we need to speak into this. Let, create some space for my word uh, and my character to speak into this season of where we are in society, where we are as a church, where we are in America, about do, going back to living on purpose, being intentional. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of things that in my life that I don't do uh, on purpose, that I just do it just to do it. And I don't, there are times where I'm not even, I don't even know that I'm doing it. You know, my wife, uh, she, she's not going to be listening to this live with us, so um, I can talk about her, right? So she hates it when I, I just do this thing where I go, like just randomly, just like a big, deep sigh. And, um, and one day she, fle- she freaked out on me. She's like, why do you do that? Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I do that. Um, I think, you know, now looking back, I, I, I think I started doing that to passive aggressively express my dissatisfaction with something that was happening around me. Um, one of the things that irritate me uh, a lot, like a lot, like a lot, is when there's just too many noises going on, right? And so we're sitting in the living room, the TV's on, uh, you know, perhaps the microwave's on in the distance in the, in the kitchen, and then I got two boys, and then they're on their phones, and they're watching two completely different things, and the volume is loud, and my wife's trying to talk to me, and, like, that stuff drives me bananas. Like, it just irritates me beyond measure, okay? Um, when we're in the car, you know, I've sp- spoken about this before. Like, when we're in the car, and they're playing stuff, and there's something on the radio, I'm like, listen, the shared experience right now is what's on the radio, not what's on your phone, all right? If I can't see it, I don't want to hear it, right? And so I, I love it when things like, let's just all focus and pay attention on one thing. And I think uh, because I don't like to be a squeaky wheel and I'm learning more now to swing the pendulum back to the opposite direction where um, I, 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 one season of my life I was really, really aggressive um, and confrontational. And then to combat that, I kind of got a little bit passive. So that's why I started the whole sighing thing. And now I just do it and it's unintentional. I just walk through the hallway and go, <sighs> Like, and, and it bothers her and it annoys her. And th- I know um, that there's also things that I do that, that are very unintentional, but actually hurt my wife. And I've had to recognize that in order for us to have a healthy marriage, that I still had to own the things I did that unintentionally hurt her. As a, as a human being, we have to own the things that we unintentionally do that hurt ourselves and other people. But what, our, our, first, our first thing that we want to say, but, but I didn't mean it, right? Come on, come on, can I get the hand, can I get the, the raise your hand emoji 
Well, you said, I didn't mean that. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to show up late. I didn't mean to forget that, that important event in my calendar. I didn't mean to do it. And all because it's unintentional. You think, well, it was, it, it was unintentional. It shouldn't hurt. But it still hurts. Okay? If I unintentionally, in fact, you might be looking at my face right now, and I have a black eye right here. Um, someone unintentionally hit me while we were playing basketball the other day. Unintentional. Um, guess what? The, the black and blue is still there. It's not going away anytime soon, okay? And, and they didn't mean it. I wasn't upset with them, um, but it happened. It happened, folks, and things, unintentional things still hurt. Say that with me in the chat. Unintentional things still hurt. And so today we're going to learn about living on purpose. I want you to start taking notes. Um, taking notes doesn't make you teachable. But you know what makes you unteachable? Not taking notes. Okay? So instantly, if you're not taking notes, you're not teachable. I can't say, like, everyone who takes notes isn't teachable. But what makes you unteachable is not taking notes. All right? So let's take notes. Let's dive in. Let's do this together. Right now in the chat, say it together loud and proud. Say, I'm here. I'm ready. Draw me closer. Make me better. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, today we're going to read from John chapter 18, starting at verse 28. This is right after uh, Jesus was arrested. Um, on the night that he was betrayed by Judas, he was arrested. Um, Peter denies him, right? His boy, his, his, main, his main man, his, his, his guy that, that was always there for him, ride or die Peter, denies him three times. So he's in front of the courts, and Jesus said this profound statement that I want us to dive into today. So... Starting in verse 28, it says this, Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early that morning, and they themselves did not enter into the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them, okay? So went outside to them. He said, What accusations do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, would we have delivered him over to you? Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and judge, and judge him by your own law. Don't bring him to me. Don't bring your problems to me, Pilate said. And the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the words that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered the headquarters again, called Jesus to him and says, are you the king of the Jews? This is a private conversation. He says, listen, these guys outside, they want your head on a platter. So Man to man, talk to me. Are you the king of the Jews? Are you who you say you are? Jesus answered and says, do you say this on your own accord? Or did others say this to you about me? Jesus is like, listen, are you asking me because you want to know? Or are you asking me because they want to know? And then Pilate answers and says, am I a Jew? This is none of my business. <laughs> your own nation and the chief priest has delivered you over to me. What have you done? What, what is it that they're bringing you for? And Jesus answers, my kingdom, listen to this, highlight this, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, okay? Like, so, so if I was going to do it the way everybody else wanted me to do it, my, ki my, my people would have came in, guns blazing, 
I would have risen up an army. I would have overthrew this nation. That's how it would have been done, right? My servants would have been fighting. They might not be delivered over to the Jews, okay? So, like, yo, my boys would have protected me, but I told them not to. I told them to fall back because my kingdom is not of this world. My ways are not the ways of this world. Then, uh, but, but my kingdom is not of this world, he said. But then Pilate said to him, so you are king. Jesus answers, you say that I am a king. And then I love this. This is, this is, pay attention to this. For this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And after he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. Jesus said, for this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I have come into this world. So notice this, he was, he was born with this purpose. And that purpose should continue on being the reason of why you're in this world. He says, what was the purpose? To bear witness to the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Basically, to bear witness to himself that he was going to come and do something that will echo into the corridors of eternity and affect us listening to his words today, all right? For this purpose, living on purpose, being intentional. Here again, we see that Jesus was being very intentional. We see that all throughout his ministry. He was very intentional. And today I wanna push us all, you, me, Anyone watching with you, I want to push us all about intentional living. If we're going to be on purpose, we have to be intentional about our living. He was very intentional. Jesus was intentional about his timing. Remember in this first miracle, he was turning water into wine. He, he literally knew he had a time frame in mind. He told his, his mom, listen, my time has not come yet. He was intentional with his timing. He was intentional with his team. All right. With how he selected his team. Why didn't Jesus pick the Pharisees or the religious people or the people that were highly educated? No, he chose fishermen and tax collectors and and people that that sometimes cussed and people that sometimes shanked people uh, when they were going up against their boys. Right. That's the kind of people he, he, he chose. And so he was very intentional with his team. He was very intentional with his timing. He was very intentional with his teachings, with his words. Notice that he, he picked specific words. He chose specific stories. Jesus was very intentional. And when you're intentional, you might, you might create some trouble in your life. I'm probably going to create some trouble today. Because just like Jesus, that when you're intentional about a big purpose, you might seem reckless to small people. Let me say that again. When you're intentional about a big purpose, you might come across as reckless to small-minded people. And that's what Jesus was. And so the, the, the Jews at the time, they didn't understand this because, again, Jesus says, hey, I'm not of this small world. I'm of the kingdom of God. I'm of something a lot bigger and a lot better than what we're experiencing today. And so I'm calling all of us to say, what would it look like today transitioning out of a pandemic? What would it look like if we started living a little more intentional? The pandemic made us go into survival mode. Can I get an amen? It just did. And listen, I don't want to get into the politics of it, right? Regardless if you believe that 
the pandemic was real or not real, if you're uh, anti-vaxxer or a vaxxer, if you're an anti-masker or a masker. It, it, this, I, don't get, I don't want what we're talking about today to get diluted because of those arguments. Okay, so regardless of what your beliefs, can we all just agree that the pandemic happened? That 2020 and 2021 happened. Regardless of your beliefs about it, it happened. Regardless of your beliefs, we were shut down. Regardless of your beliefs, we went into a quarantine. Regardless of your beliefs, we had to socially distance from each other. Can we all agree with that, okay? And so I love our church. We have people that think and believe many different things, but the event happened. And what that event has done, the, the, the social result of that is that it put us into survival mode. We went out and we, we bought all the toilet paper, right? That's, uh, if that's not survival mode, I don't know what is, all right? So we went into survival mode, and so it happened. And what survival mode does, that it makes us all live carefully. It makes us all live carefully. Everyone was careful. Let's wash our hands. Everyone was careful. Make sure you bring a mask. We had, I don't know about you, but my car, glove compartment, full of mask, right? Armrest, full of mask, right? Side pockets, full of mask, right? And if you're married to a woman who wears makeup, you see the makeup that looked like you smothered a clown, right, on the mask, right? So you have all these different kind of masks everywhere you go because you wanted to be careful because you did not want to show up at a grocery store and forget your mask. If you're anything like me, I would walk up to the door of the store and have to walk back to the, my parked car because I forgot my mask. We all had to be careful. You might have to be, you, you, you had to be careful with who you hung out with. You had to be careful when, and maybe not be able to see certain relatives because of their, uh, they were immunocompromised, right? You had to be careful. That's what survival mode did. We went from being, survival mode forced us to be, to live carefully. And here's what I found out that when you live carefully, um, it doesn't mean that you're living intentionally. And I want us to see that let us continue to, to be intentional with our living and not always be careful with what, how we're living. Um, and I'm not asking you to be reckless, but what I'm asking you to do is that in order to be obedient to what God has called us to do, we have to be intentional. And sometimes God will, will ask you, God will command us to do some things that aren't very safe. To, to share the love of God with your enemies, to, to, to kill people with kindness, to, to, sometimes that doesn't put you in a safe environment, folks. It just doesn't. We're, we're not in a safe environment when it comes to spreading the good news of Jesus. We're just not. And in fact, there are other places in the world that are a lot worse, but we're still called to do it, and we're called to do it intentionally. So if you need to be careful, then continue being careful. But, but sometimes being careful doesn't mean you're living intentionally. And so I want to switch us out of survival mode. I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And the only way for you to thrive is to start being intentional. Because, again, Full disclosure, full honesty is that I believe that some of us have forgotten to live intentionally. We didn't have to. We didn't have to live intentional uh, with some of the things because all we had to do was just survive, just stay alive, just stay germ-free was the last 18 months, right? But what would happen 
if we continue to live that way, we're not going to get much of what God wants us to get accomplished accomplished. We have to live intentionally. And so I want us to be intentional with a few things today. Ready? Number one, let's go back to being intentional with relationships. Being intentional with relationships. Jesus, again, was very intentional with all of his relationships. We're not meant to survive. We're meant to be a light. We're meant to be salt. We're meant to add some flavor to your workplace, some flavor to your schools, some flavor to your family, right? And so we need to be intentional with all of our relationships. And I think we've forgotten about that. How do I know this? Is because like community should not be an option when it comes to the kingdom of God. It shouldn't. And so as a church, we've, we've implemented this, this new system. Let's call it what it is. There's a new system called collectives, and we're defining it as our main expression of church. And still to this day, some people still see that that is optional. Well, and for whatever reason you have, it is optional. And, and we try to make it very approachable, and you're not obligated. Let me say this really clearly. You're not obligated to attend every little function that we have. However, just let's admit to the fact that Sunday mornings weren't enough that you did not have relationships in the church. If you had real relationships, then you would have had those relationships even when we shut down services on Sunday. You would have continued to have those relationships, but you didn't. And many of us, even pre-pandemic, this is what we had to do. If we had a Monday afternoon, if there was a Monday afternoon where you were depressed, a Monday afternoon where you needed some encouragement, if you didn't have relationships with a body of believers, Here's what you had to do in order to get into an environment of encouragement to worship and do this and do that and hear the word. You had to wait Monday afternoon. You had to wait five or six days to get back to Sunday for that hour and a half service where you could sit under good teaching and sit under some worship and, and be around other people of faith and hear the amens in the rooms and have people pray over you. If Without relationships, you had to wait an entire five to six days for that to come back. Do you really believe that that is the way that God designed church, that God designed community? No, we need to be intentional with our relationships. Every relationship in your life should be set up so that you can help aid them in their destiny or they can help you in your destiny. Every relationship should function that way. And so when when you're making friends at work or when you're making friends at whatever club you sign into, we need to sign up for. You need to be intentional with every relationship. That is, and again, that, what makes us a Christian isn't that you go to church on Sunday. Jesus says, how will they know you're my disciples? By your love for one another. What did Jesus command us to do? He, he didn't say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and make sure you attend every Sunday morning service. No, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Be intentional with every relationship. Solo Christianity should not be a thing. And when I say solo Christianity, I, I hate to say this, but you and your spouse alone isn't enough. You, you and your kids and your family, your, your, your immediate family is not enough for you to continue to thrive in your lifetime. We need to be intentional with all of our 
relationships. This should go beyond personality. This should go beyond our preferences. I get it, I'm an introvert too, but I need to go back to being very intentional with all of my relationships. Very intentional, okay, these are the people that I need to influence and pour into. These are the people, these are my peers spiritually that, that there's, a, there's a mutual exchange that I pour into them and they pour into me. And then these are the other, some of the other people that I just like, I just receive, I just receive from them. I'm getting mentored by them. I'm getting discipled by them. I'm being very intentional. Are you, ask, ask yourself right now, are you have, you, have you, have you gotten out of that survival mode? Are you intentional with every relationship in your life? Maybe even in our marriage, the reason our marriages are falling apart, because we're not being intentional with them. You got to be intentionally romantic. You got to be intentionally sharing each other's heart with each other. You got to be intentional with the words that you select. You have to be intentional with the time that you designate. Listen to me, folks, that you designate with your family. You got to be intentional. Maybe some of the stress and anxiety and problems that you have in your life is not because of things that are happening to you, but because of the fact that you're not being intentional with what you have. Be intentional with your relationships. I'm being intentional with the people I connect with. I'm leveraging everything I, ha I have, everything I have to reach people for God. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to seek and save the lost and destroy the works of the enemy. That's our Jesus's mission. So if we're going to continue to be on mission, you have to live on purpose. Let me say that again. If you're going to live on mission, you have to live on purpose. You're not going to accidentally fulfill the Great Commission. You're just not. So be intentional with every relationship. Let's, let's take an inventory right now, every relationship that you have, and ask yourself, are you being intentional? When, you, when I go out and play basketball, I'm being intentional with the conversations that I have, the connections that I have. And I'm not using it uh, to manipulate them. I'm not using it to just win, you know, just to win them to, to grow the empire of fervent church. No, I'm leveraging every relationship to make sure that they encounter the love of Jesus. The same love that I've encountered, I want them to encounter it. I'm leveraging and being intentional with every relationship. Number two, so you need to be, number one, you need to be intentional with your relationships. Number two, let's be intentional with our resources. Let's be intentional with our resources. Everything we do and everything we have is to engage people with the opportunity to preach the gospel. Everything. Everything we do, everything we have is to engage people with the opportunity to preach the gospel. Everything. Right now in the comment section, put everything, all caps. Everything I do needs to leverage that. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, watch this, do it all for the glory of God. Again, being intentional with my resources, being intentional with my time, being intentional. I'm going to say it, be intentional with our money. Be intentional with our money. We, um, <laughs> we live in a generation, let's call it what it is. We live in a generation that has all access and no ownership. Let me say that again. We have all access, but no ownership. We, we really honestly don't have to own anything. Um, 
That's the kind of economy that we live in. And so I don't have to own a car. I could Uber. I have access without ownership. I, I, I have access to information like on the Internet. But, but shoot, if I really wanted to, I could get it for free. I could stop at Starbucks and get free Internet. I, could, I have access but no ownership. And I think, uh, and although, this, man, that's a blessing for many of us. I know that's a blessing to me and that's a blessing to you. Um, however, has it affected the way we actually are intentional with our resources. I'm going to be honest with you. Giving um, church-wide, like when I say church-wide, church with a capital C, all over America, giving is down. And, and I will honestly tell you that, that even giving in fervent is down. Um, and I believe that we just are, again, stuck on being careful and not being intentional with our living. All right? We... We, we, we got caught with, well, I need to have this, and I need to have this comfort. And, and, and so we have this, again, all access, no ownership. If I'm honest with you, even still, we battle with materialism here in the Western world, here in America. We do. We battle with materialism. We want to have things. And it's not bad to, to, to have things. It's bad when things have you, when things have your heart. And we're not intentional with our resources. And I fully believe that you could have things and be generous at the same time. And be generous at the same time. And that doesn't make you materialistic if you have things. But if you do feel that you do struggle with materialism, the antidote for materialism is generosity. Write that down. The antidote for materialism is generosity. And to be intentional with our giving. Matthew 9, 36 says this, And when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I love this, that we saw the crowd, he was filled with compassion for them. And we see many times that Jesus was intentional with his resources, right? He was intentional and miraculous with his resources. Remember, he fed thousands, right, with a Long John Silver value meal. Right? He, fed, he, he, he was always interested in helping the helpless and being intentional with his resources. And so some people would say, well, Jesus was a poor man. I don't know how many poor people have a treasurer, but, but I, I just think that he was just intentional with his resources. I believe he was intentional, and I believe that we could, let's wake up. Let's wake up, church, and start being intentional with our generosity, intentional with our resources, I said this at our annual meeting, and I say it again. Like, less than 20% of our church actually gives to the church. And I, listen, let's kick over the pink elephant in the room, right? I'm not preaching this because I want to increase in salary. In fact, my wife and I, we took a decrease in our salary just to buffer the church even better this year, okay? And so this is not about that. What this is about is that we're limiting our compassion to the world because of our lack of generosity, our lack of being intentional with our resources. People have put a pause, and I get it, because during the pandemic, we, you got to pause everything. We don't know when we're going to get out of unemployment, or we don't know what's going to happen. There was a lot of uncertainty. But now that things are opening back up, let's go back to being intentional. Why? Not because Pastor Mike needs it or Pastor Barry needs it. Because this, our world needs it. Our region needs it. Our people need it. All right? We need to fill up our storehouse so that we can respond to other people's needs. And so when we see the crowd, let us be filled with compassion. Let us be filled with compassion. Have compassion in your pockets and be compassionate. And listen, you cannot be generous. You cannot be generous until you have compassion. So don't, don't, just, don't just give 
Don't give because I'm telling you to give. Ask God to fill your heart up with compassion for this lost world. There are people, I'll really be honest with you, and you know who you are. Don't, don't say who you are. I'm not blowing up your spot. But there are people here who, who, who have some deep medical bills that, that, that have come to us and we say, you know, could you help with this? And, and they're in the thousands, and we can't help with this because the, the budget's so tight. There are people who, who need help, you know, getting counseling and being, you know, to go away with their, with their, with their spouse to, to get some in-depth, you know, intentional retreat type of counseling. And we don't have the money in the budget to do that. You know, there are things that we want to do help, to help, you know, better our facilities so that we could be a better outreach to the community and we can't do that because the money's tight okay we're not closing we're not on nowhere near closing down our doors but but what more could we do not i'm not asking you to increase your giving i'm asking you to increase your compassion because i believe that once you increase your compassion then generosity will be the result of that and then you can be intentional with your resources every dollar that, that comes through this church is used for the glory of God. And maybe there have been other churches where you know that there's some shady stuff happening. And we've said this before, if you're a member, if you're a legal member here, you could ask for our giving, uh, you could ask for our, our, our bank statements, you could ask for where the money goes anytime you want. There's nothing shady going on here. We're an open book and we have plenty of accountability and we have a board that kind of sees everything uh, every single time. And we have staff that see everything every single month. And so, so every dollar is accounted for. So I get it though. There's other shady stuff happening all over the world, not just in church either. Like there's shady stuff in any business, okay? When you remove accountability, shady things will happen. It's just human nature. But there's tons of accountability here. But I, I actually believe that that's not even the problem right now. The problem right now is that we got comfortable in not giving, and I'm asking you to turn up your compassion. To turn up your compassion because the why for our giving is the crowd. And Jesus says he saw the crowd, he was filled with compassion. And so step up your compassion, or maybe even this one, step up your gratitude. I believe that people who aren't grateful aren't givers. People who aren't grateful aren't givers. And a lot of times, like more, than, more now than probably ever in my 20 years of ministry, I've gotten a lot of complaints and concerns and opinions in my inbox. Um, and it's funny how those, those things, I believe, would decrease um, if people start just kind of being grateful again, being intentional with your gratitude and being grateful again. And seeing that, like, honestly, some of the things you're complaining about, it's not that we don't want to do it, it's that we can't do it because our hands are tied down right now because, honestly, our church's lack of generosity. Honestly, because our church's lack of compassion. Honestly, because of the apathy, because of the apathy that came in during this pandemic that we all need to wake up and be intentional with our resources. You get this? John Maxwell had this brilliant quote. He says this, we're meant to be rivers and not reservoirs. And what he means by that is like, like things should be flowing through us, like the water and the resources should be flowing through us and out of us. That's what a river is. A reservoir just collects, right? And there's no movement in it. And sometimes reservoirs could get dirty because there's no movement, but a river, a river flows in and out. We should be rivers and not reservoirs when it comes to being intentional with our resources. Last one, we need to be intentional with our reasoning. So 
many of us, we were alone for a really long time. And uh, here's my challenge to you. It's very easy to feel holy when you're the only person in the room. Some of us, our thoughts are brilliant when we are alone. Um, but now that, that there's less of social distancing and we're interacting in community, let us be intentional with our reasoning. Some of our thoughts have gone wild this season. And we need to like, step out of the comfort zone of just being us and just a couple people and start engaging with other thoughts, other ways of reasonings, and to, to grow to get back to growing, because I believe that you're limited by your thoughts. Your growth is limited by your thoughts. And our reasoning has gotten out of whack. I'm just going to say it. It has. We, we see things and we look at things, and it's real easy to have a solution when you're sitting on the couch, right? It's amazing how you know how to fix the economy, yet you don't know how to balance your own checkbook. It's amazing to me how, how you have the answers for our government, but you don't even know how to run your life. Come on. It's amazing to me um, to, to hear what's everything's wrong with the church, right? Like everything, let me tell you about everything that's wrong with the church, yet you're not being intentional with your resources and your relationships, and you haven't led anyone to Jesus, but you could tell other people how to run the church. Let's be intentional with our reasoning. I love the verse when Paul's talking about maturity in, in Christ in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and he says this, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish ways behind me. I put childish ways behind me. That reasoning we need to put behind us. Let's stop being so arrogant with our thoughts. Let's be intentionally humble with our reasoning. Let's be intentionally humble with our reasoning. The world doesn't need any more experts we need humble students to just be quiet, listen, be calm, and to recognize there is no such thing as a simple solution to complex problems. And our world is filled with complex problems, and we need a big God who does things way differently than we do to come in and move in the supernatural. So be intentional with your reasoning and stop thinking naturally and start thinking supernaturally. Because when we put ourselves in that type of reasoning, there's nothing God can't do. Every time they, they, they struggled with what Jesus was doing, he tried to change their mindset. And some of them, the people who didn't get it, they didn't get it because they were still thinking in the, with their natural reasoning rather than their supernatural reasoning. Their natural reasoning wanted Jesus to overtake a government and to rise up and be a, a king like, like all the rest of the kings. And he says, no, I'm the humble king. I am the servant leader. I am, I am the God who became fully man. He was fully God and fully man, but I became fully man and dwelt among us and felt everything that we felt. That's beyond natural reasoning. That is supernatural reasoning. And we can't get to that place unless we're intentional with it. And, 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 and because of that reasoning, we just sit back and go, this world is messed up. And naturally, nothing can fix it. And so what we do is then we, we start waiting for the world to change the world. That's what we're all doing. We're waiting for the world. Come on, we're my John Mayer fans. We're waiting for the world to change. So let's stop waiting for the world to change. Stop. Stop waiting for the world to change because it's not going to change itself. 
But let's be intentional with our relationships. Let's be intentional with our resources. Let's be intentional with our reasonings. And let's bring Jesus to this world. Let Jesus fix this world. And even though it might seem to our own reasoning that that is impossible, with God, all things are possible with that supernatural reasoning. Let's be intentional. Surrender those thoughts, those negative thoughts that aren't of God. Surrender that, those critical thoughts, critical thoughts of people. You know, oh, God can't use that person. Who says God can't use that person? How dare you declare judgment on someone else that God can't use people? God can use this knucklehead that's pre preaching to you right now. Be intentional. Stop being stingy. Hey, listen, no condemnation whatsoever. No guilt. I'm not, I'm not you know, calling you out on the carpet and making you say, hey, you, you haven't brought anyone to church in a real life. You're not being intentional with your relationships or you haven't given in a while. You're not being intentional with your resources and, hey, you know, all your critical emails. You're not being intentional with your reasoning. I, I'm not, I don't want you to feel guilty. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to present it to God and ask him, God, how can I be more intentional with these things? And, and first confess that you haven't been intentional. And give God that space to make some changes because we're not going to wait for the world to change. We're going to do it exactly Jesus did. We're not going to be of the world, but we're going to be in the world and bring change to the world intentionally. Because you cannot be on mission and not live on purpose.